0: Left. Right. Yo! What is up, my friends? Thank you for joining this episode of SIP Talk. Today, we are talking about rules for life. This is a preliminary list, flushing out some ideas. Let me know what you think of the rules I have. And uh, if we missed any, I'm curious what we missed. Throw them in the comments. I appreciate you guys who do watch us, who do listen to us. It would really make my day. If you do not already, subscribe to this podcast or any way possible, interact. If that's a like, a comment, a share, anything helps us grow. And uh, I, I really appreciate that stuff. So uh, thank you guys. I'll see you on the other end. Enjoy the episode. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. let's go. <laughs> Cheers. 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 All right. There's the long pour. That must mean that we're live. I'll wait for Rosh's confirmation that we're live on Facebook, live on Instagram, live on TikTok, and soon to be live in other places. My name is Justin Ajulio. This is Sip Talk. Today, um, as always, I'm joined by James, the Bosnieter Boswell out of Charleston, South Carolina. James is an accountant, a philosopher, a bartender, and a professional referee. James, it's nice to have you. Just heard you crack a beer.
1: Yep. You know what it is.
0: It's Bush Ice. Not the king of beers, but, uh, but he's there. He's always no, it's
1: there. more like the like the homeless guy in the alley next to the castle that the King of Beers lives in.
0: Yeah, but he's a clean homeless guy. because ice. It's an ice and it's a high alcohol content, so that's good. So today we're talking about rules for life. And I'm hoping, I just had this thought today. I was walking through Herald Square and uh, I saw some, which is right in front of Macy's in midtown Manhattan. And I saw a couple of crazy people. And one guy I was kind of like walking right towards because I was crossing the street. And I could tell that this guy was like clocking me, walking directly towards him. And uh, I thought to myself, fuck, this guy might attack me. <laughs> Even though we were in broad daylight, there's fucking crazy people out there. I had an agent, uh, she got like punched in the face and brought to the hospital just getting on the subway. Uh, but like, by who? Some crazy, crazy person was like harassing somebody else in the street. And she was like, just, you know, go away. And then the guy just attacked her. Um, she's like sweet young lady just you know i didn't she saw another woman being like uh basically verbally abused and it was almost assaultive on on the street so and then she got beat up so uh so that was it. either way i thought to myself you know some good life advice would would be being able to defend yourself you know or, or at least get out of get out of there get out of where you are you know it's just just somebody's going to physically attack you. Either you've got to be able to run or fight back. Just not just, just get beat up. Like getting beat up is, is an avoidable thing for the most part. So I'm not saying, I'm not saying the girl that got beat up, you know, it's a, you know, that's the case and she's a woman. So that advice might apply a little bit more towards men or the get out of their side of the advice. But then I started thinking, what are some other things?
1: But what you're are- describing? I just, it reminds me of a video that I watched of a karate instructor of probably like a fifth or sixth Don black belt, you know? Yeah. And he's got his class in front of him. He says, I want to show you guys how to deal with a knife attack. Right. So he has one of his students come up and he says, when I say go pull out a knife and he gives him like a prop knife. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: And so he says, go. And so the student pulls out a knife and the karate instructor turns and runs.
0: But that's, (laughs) I thought you were going to say kicked him in the nuts. No, but that's, but the turning and running also is, that's a, there's a, there's skill to that, you know, just it's not, it's not the fight or flight, but it's the freeze aspect of it that a lot of people don't mention that that'll get you fucked up. So either way. Yeah. It's
1: start... like, as soon as here's the knife and he just bolts.
0: And I just, I started, I started thinking and uh, you know, I, I came up with a, a decent list. It, this is not, this is very preliminary. It's open to discussion. It's open to debate. I'm, I'm, I'm curious your opinion on these things, but to me, most of them seemed, seemed pretty, pretty crucial. Uh, before we get started i'm gonna have a beer i got a uh brooklyn brewery pumpkin ale and uh just this is not on my list but being able to open a bottle with a lighter or pretty much anything that's hard i think is very good life advice let me ask you uh how your weekend was i had a pretty exciting weekend how was how was your weekend
1: i was slammed with soccer the whole weekend i I had two games on Sunday, one game on Saturday and the game on Saturday was a local game, but it was a division one men's game that was really competitive, went to overtime. And by the time I got back, like I came home, I took like a three hour nap and I woke up and like my eyes were still burning from just being out in the sun and being tired. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know. I'm getting old. These games are wiping (laughs) me out, man.
0: Yeah. But you know, most of the professional level referees, those, they're not, you know, guys in their twenties. They're uh you know they're usually a bit older than that. So
1: peak of the career for most referees is probably early to mid 30s, maybe late 30s.
0: You think? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't watch that so many sports, so.
1: Well, uh, the the reason for it is to get to the top level requires a lot of skill, a little bit of luck, and time. Because one time will allow you to learn the skills and experience of seeing game situations over and over again and knowing how to handle them and developing your interpersonal skills to manage your way through situations when people are upset but it's also a time in terms of getting exposure to the people that will promote you to the next level
0: yeah i guess that makes sense and and, and there and that lies the luck definitely well, and
1: then, then there's the luck of did you have a good game on a day when somebody important was watching you? Because in order to break out, you do a lot of these youth tournaments or these like adult amateur tournaments or something. And usually at like the big ones, there will be some referee scouts that are there watching the referees and seeing who's doing a good job, but they can't watch every minute of every game simultaneously. So... They'll drive around the complex and spend five or ten minutes at one field, five or ten minutes at another field. Maybe they've gotten a tip that, hey, here's a guy to go watch or something. So they go watch him, and maybe that guy's having a good day. Maybe that guy's having a bad day. Maybe he's a really good referee, and he's having a rough day. Or maybe he's not that great a referee, and he's having a fantastic day.
0: Well, also, nothing exciting or controversial could be happening on the field.
1: So, there, there's also that, in yeah. which case, the only thing that you can do is just have work ethic of them seeing you running and them seeing you do whatever you can to show that you know what you're doing. But if the game isn't providing you opportunities to show that you can handle things. Then you, you kind of you're out of luck there, or you're also just out of luck if you happen to have a slightly off day on the one time that somebody important is watching you.
0: Yeah, no, I, I get it. And I, I, I understand that aspect of the time. Um, so but that's good. You got a little color. You got a little more uh, sun than I did th- this weekend. So that, that is good. Uh, I was predominantly inside. I'm working on, uh, working on building a workbench in the garage. So as you know, from the time I, I built a bar in our apartment, I framed this thing out, although this time I didn't. <laughs> so the price of lumber has gone up. Uh, but back then when I built the bar, I used treated lumber, which is like heavy, heavy outdoor deck material lumber that you don't want to rot so i just use regular two by fours this one's going to be inside and some four by fours Uh, but that was a lot of work a lot of cutting a lot of sawdust Shit was in my ears and my nose all over the place um i also uh i put some shutters on the house and there's a funny thing about shutters i uh i just you know looking at the house when we bought it i uh, i knew something was missing from the front it got painted we took some trees out some bushes out but it just looked funny. And I kept thinking to myself, you know what? Some shutters in the house would look good. Now I don't know anything about shutters. Went to Home Depot. Aren't they really expensive? Well, maybe. All right. But I went to Home Depot and uh, I said, oh, there's some shutters. Let me buy some. And my thinking was, I don't, I don't know the exact measurements of the window, but if I don't buy them, I have to measure the windows and come back and buy them, right? And if I do buy them, and they are correctly sized, then I don't have to come back. But if I buy them and they're the wrong size, I have to come back. So, either way, if I didn't buy them, there's a 66% chance I'd have to return for the shutters. It's a 33% chance I wouldn't. So, you either have to buy the
1: shutters and they fit, or you buy the shutters and you have to return them for the well, correct size. The
0: Air, I decided to buy them, they're the wrong shutters. You way, <laughs> so I actually spent a large block of time returning shit at Home Depot and Lowe's and going back and forth this weekend. But I found some new shutters at Lowe's. I had sized the I measured the windows ahead of time, mounted the shutters. They're just kind of these uh, like plastic shutters. they don't actually serve any purpose. so maybe that's why they didn't I mean it was like 50 bucks for a, a pack of two of them or something. but uh I screwed them into the house and and, and they look wonderful, but I think they don't they serve no purpose other than looks. So anybody who knows anything about shutters is probably looking at the house going, these dopes.
1: Um, all right. So what's your, what's your first rule?
0: Hold on. I got, I got one more thing about the house. Cause this is, oh. this is pretty cool. And then I, and then I, I promise you I'll, I'll get into the rules. Uh, I'm in no rush to get into the rules, but somebody else might be. Um, who's listening or watching. So look, so a while back I started restoring this old clock. There's a barn behind the house and in the dirt, in the barn, I found this beat up old, it just, you know, beat up old dusty clock full of dirt. So I I brought it into the house. I cleaned it up. I dusted it off. And uh, it was a cool looking clock, but it still needed to be restored. So I started doing some research as to how to restore this clock. I had to, I cleaned the hell out of it. uh, And then I started doing like a varnish remover. And then I started, I had to take the, take the thing apart from the inside out which you know with clocks is really tricky because it's the way clocks are put together is that structurally like everything relies on everything else. So I started looking them up. Apparently, and I could be a little off in the model and stuff like this, but but this clock or a model similar by the same producer in 1929 cost $91. A Ford Model T cost about $300.
1: So this is like a three or $4,000 clock in today's dollars.
0: So, yeah, I mean, I looked at them online and there's a lot of them and they don't, you know, they sell for, you know, a couple hundred bucks. But um, because clocks, you know, people don't care that much about clocks. (laughs) Uh, It's like used pianos. Um, But uh, but yeah, apparently it's I mean, it's it's beat up and it's in bad shape. I got to restore it. But just think that people back in the day, like a clock like this was a luxury. You know, like people put in like home theaters that that cost approximately what owning a clock would have been like in the 1920s.
1: I'm pretty sure not many people had a home theaters in the tw- in the 20s. Well,
0: these days, if somebody's going to invest in a home theater, that mindset would be the same mindset you need to go out and buy a fucking clock. Yeah, it just kind of blew my mind. So
1: you should have the home theater where it only displays the current time.
0: <laughs> it's a screensaver on my computer. It's it's kind of cool. Mm. All right, so I'm, I got a yay for, for Pumpkin Ale from uh, Jay Lee. Next um, pumpkin
1: uh, beer you should get, get Southern Tier Pumpkin.
0: I think I've heard. I'm not a big pumpkin beer fan. This was this was there. Yeah, you're drinking one. Yeah, well, there's was, there was three beers left. Two were uh, Oktoberfest, and uh, one was a pumpkin. So one of the Oktoberfest is down. I'm switching the pumpkin. All right, I know you want to talk about this, these, uh, these rules for life. Um, my, then the first rule that I told you was kind of my thought because, uh, that's kind of my first rule. Cause that was my initial thought, but what, what are your thoughts on knowing how to fight or how to defend yourself or how to evade a bad situation? And that's both verbally and physically.
1: Well, I would say being able to recognize a situation that you need to escape from is a really good skill and it can be a conversation. It can be an argument. It could be a fight, or it could just be a general set of surroundings that you're not comfortable with that you need to extricate yourself from.
0: Well, uh, yeah, I, I'd like that. Think about, uh, like sexual encounters and people saying, you know, I was raped, but the other person was like, well, I thought they were, thought they were into it. Um, you know, but and I mean, in some cases they were raped, but that was the first thing that came to mind when you used the, the, the phrasing that you did.
1: That's not where I was going. I was thinking more of just like, I don't know if you've ever been in a in a situation where you're just like, I don't like the vibe here. This doesn't feel safe. And you can't put your finger on exactly why. But you know that you need to leave.
0: Yeah, I see what you're getting at. I feel like that's how a lot of people end up inadvertently uh, being an accomplice to a crime. Right,
1: because they didn't get out soon enough.
0: Yeah, so, I, you know, I think, that, and again, I want to tune these up, but I think that I think that we're on to something with that. Uh, well, I've
1: got one that I think you'll appreciate. It needs to be fleshed out a little bit, but um, the basic rule is don't try and outthink the room
0: um, all right run run buy me the rationale there It's
1: hmm. gonna be pretty rare that you're in a circumstance where you're the smartest person in the room, and so it like don't try and do something that I don't know it I'm.
0: I think this might be a, a personal issue.
1: No, no. It's this is something that I've heard other people talk about with like
0: Can you give me an example?
1: Yes, I need to <laughs> think of one. <laughs> but right. I, I'm but, but trying to you... come up with an example, but I, I guess it's like don't try and be the smartest person in the room because chances are you're going to end up making yourself look stupid.
0: Uh, I'm, like, and, I'm down with that. I, 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 I buy into that.
1: But think about like in like a business meeting or like a marketing meeting or something like that, like or in a, in a negotiation or any situation where like there's some competition going on that's not physical. Like if you like outthinking the rooms means like doing something that is really unconventional and untested. There's a reason why unconventional and untested things aren't done is because they don't work. It's very rare that someone who tries to outthink the room succeeds. Like, uh, here's an example. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the Derve has tried to buy a new computer and right now graphics cards prices are really high mm-hmm. because everybody buys them to try and mine various cryptos. And so between the global chip shortage and manufacturing problems with COVID and everything else, well, there's that, but there's also the, the greatly increased demand for them. So you got low supply and high demand. So. For example, last year the graphics card that I bought for about three hundred dollars. If you go on eBay right now, it's listing for like seven or eight hundred dollars. Damn. Right. That's not the way that graphics card should work. A year-old graphics card for three hundred dollars then should be less than three hundred dollars now. And so
0: right, he was okay. looking
1: at buying yeah. components to upgrade his computer, and he's like, "I don't want to spend eight hundred dollars for a three hundred dollar graphics card." And then he found that you can like he he found pre-built computers. Where you just go to a company and they say here's an entire computer for some price and in that computer is one of the graphics cards that he wants and the entire computer is like 1100 bucks and if you were to buy just the graphics card it's like 800 bucks so he was thinking like i could probably get at least three or four hundred dollars for the rest of the computer
0: yeah but how is this going yeah so what he said was
1: what what here's where the overthinking is like I can buy one for myself and just be happy because I've got an upgraded computer, but why not buy like five or six and then sell the individual parts from them? Mm -hmm. And that's where I was like, there's a reason why nobody else is doing that. Because if other people were doing that, then you wouldn't be able to get that computer because it would be sold out. So somebody else has to have thought of what you are doing and has chosen not to do it for some reason that you haven't thought of yet.
0: Well, I think he needs to flush the thought out, but there, uh, from let love, Rain," does that make sense from let love rain on TikTok, She says, don't underestimate the other guy.
1: Uh, Yeah. That's kind of along the same lines as this.
0: I think it's in the same.
1: same And and that's a good rule.
0: Yeah, it it is. All right. If you
1: underestimate your, your, your opponent, then you're going to end up putting yourself in a situation that you shouldn't have been in. All
0: right. Let me, uh, let me hit this next one here. Um, This is offset pleasure and pain. So basically meaning you shouldn't pursue only pleasurable things like eating cake and ice cream all the time. Uh, There has to be some, some balance. So basically hard work gets you reward, but if you're only seeing reward, then you need to figure out some way to, to basically you you kind of reevaluate where's all this pleasure coming from, you got to start doing something hard. Otherwise you uh you stop appreciating what's bringing you pleasure and it's just it's not it's not good so basically uh, just offsetting pleasure and and pain and then that ties into the next one well um, i just want to
1: throw a joke out there that i know you will at least appreciate all right not every day can be brownie mix for breakfast day
0: <laughs> you uh you guys mean to tell me you don't eat brownie mix for breakfast <laughs> No, I've never heard of anybody. eating. Come on, everybody has to do it every once in a while. No, I'm sorry, it's not a, it's not a thing. Um, all right, so uh, it's an inside joke, someone we know. Uh, then the next, the next uh, piece of advice was to develop a high pain threshold, and I was thinking that more in terms of like endurance exercise, like running, but then I was also thinking like depending on the pain. Like, it's going to go away. Right. Like some some pains, you know, I, I mowed the lawn. I was uh, what, what, what I what do you do when you mow the lawn? I can't think of it. I weed whacked, but I had flip flops on. And uh, at one point in time, something popped out and just fucking nailed me in the foot. And I was pissed. But I was like, oh, you know what? That's i looked look down. There's no blood. I'm like, all right, that'll go away. Um,
1: still poor decision making. It,
0: fair. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. But you have to figure out what type of pain it is. You break your arm. That's that's a pain that needs attention. You, you know, you poke yourself or you get a little cut or, you know, whatever you stub your toe or something like you just have to, you just have to kind of grin and bear that pain, but just know that it's going to go away. But I, you know, I just know that I don't know, pussies, I just get mad about people that cry when they get like little uh, injuries. So I was just thinking having a generally high pain threshold is an important thing.
1: Yeah, but you also need to be able to identify when it's a problem that could actually be serious.
0: Well, and that kind of that runs with the initial assessment of the pain, but then don't overreact for for pain that's going to go away. Um, You know, I would. I was just going to compare like a sunburn to something else, but but sunburns are bad, man. Um, All right. Next one I have here and I said I was going to try to take these a little slower because I'm, I'm still trying to uh, flesh them out here. But choose quality. And that yeah, it may take some figuring out of what true quality is, but choosing quality, whether it's clothes, cars, or relationships, understanding what is quality in each of those cases. What are your, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yes, but at the same time, don't, don't m- confuse high price for quality.
0: Oh, dude, I have some like expensive, uh, you know, like an expensive leather jacket. I would, um, I would definitely not wear that thing out, like on the motorcycle, or if it got rained on, it would just be ruined. So I don't think it's yeah, it's expensive, but it's not, uh, it's not super expensive, but it's not high quality.
1: Well, I'm thinking uh, there was a video I watched of they took a number of like fashion reviewers Mm -hmm. and they they put them into a room and they had a rack of clothes and they were basic black t-shirts, just like crew cutter V-neck t-shirts, black, no labels, no nothing, just a black t-shirt, right? Mm -hmm. And they put a piece of tape or something over the labels so you didn't know what brand they were Mm -hmm. and they ranged in price from like Hanes brand where you could buy like a 10 pack for like 14 bucks to like Prada or Gucci at like 250 to $300 for a single t-shirt. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they had these fashion reviewers go in and just be like, pick up the t-shirt, put it on, feel the material, all those kinds of things. And then rank these t-shirts in terms of quality, build quality, all that other stuff. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, You know what? Like, ranked the worst.
0: Uh, probably the super high end stuff,
1: like the Gucci or the Prada, was like, whatever. Like the highest priced T shirt was ranked the lowest in quality, and Hanes came in either first or second
0: place. Oh yeah, I believe that though. I I have uh I had some Hanes uh, undershirts, but I usually just try to get as many as I. And it's kind of my uh, my general strategy with clothes is find something that's that's solid, and then just buy a bunch of it. Well,
1: yeah, but that, that, that's what I'm talking about in terms of price and quality is that it's almost like the, the normal distribution curve is what quality and price relationship looks like. At the absolute bottom end of it, quality is pretty low, and then it goes up pretty quick as you go up in price, and then you hit a certain level where as the price goes up, you actually get less quality because well, then- now you're paying for a brand.
0: Yeah. And that's where I think quality is an important thing that you have to really consider when you make purchases, especially for, yeah, clothing, really big. Uh, Same thing with cars. And uh, and then also like what popped on into my mind was relationships. Like, you know, you go for somebody, you know, for one reason or another reason, but it may not result in a quality relationship.
1: And like your $50 hooker is going to do the exact same quality job as your $4,000 hooker.
0: Uh, that may not be true. <laughs> I don't know, 50
1: dollar hooker might do more.
0: <laughs> you you uh, you'll have to put that to a test James.
1: All right. Um <laughs> let's put it in the budget for sip talk.
0: So <laughs> I'll, I'll see what I can do. We're still saving for the for the high quality. Um all right. But I think qual- I think quality is important and I think especially when it comes to buying things, spending money on things. You know, you don't want to spend too much money on something that's not going to last, um, and uh, I don't know. You, we just you, the, the curve example that you just gave is really is a really good one. Um, and then another I have, speaking of quality, is learn to trade value for money, not time. So obviously, working you got to trade a, a bit of your time, but if you can understand that you can produce valuable whatever and exchange that for money. That's much more powerful than exchanging time for money.
1: That's like the story of the, uh, the engineer that gets called into a factory because one of their machines is broken. And so he comes in, spends about three minutes looking at the machine circles apart and says that needs to be replaced. And A week later, he sends in his invoice to the factory for $10,000. And the factory manager says, why am I paying you $10,000? You were here for less than an hour. And the guy says, I'll send you a fresh invoice. And he invoices the guy like $100 for his time and $9,900 for knowing where to look.
0: Yeah, That's good. And I think uh, a lot of people that work in the service industry um especially uh, you know need to have value for their time i explain that to people when i'm working with clients that you know if i can show you two apartments or just one apartment that works you unfortunately for you but you got to pay full price versus you spending the next 3 weeks working with 12 different brokers and them taking you all around town and finding the places that you know just exist and opening doors for apartments that exist um, versus saving them time. Uh, but I think exchanging value, and I, I'm spending time helping them, but uh, it's having that background and having the knowledge that that matters. And that's that's where the value is.
1: Yeah, at the same time, don't cut corners.
0: Oh, fuck corners, man. I, I My skull has taken some goddamn divots this weekend. Uh, I bumped my head on... We have this uh, I wasn't talking about literally
1: <laughs> cutting quarters, but since <laughs> we, that's where we're going,
0: we got a hood. I, I engineered the, uh, uh, the countertops in the kitchen that the places that you would walk by the most and catch don't have 90 degree angles. But I didn't think about this. The, uh, the hood, you got a big wooden hood that, that goes uh, over the stovetop. It's an electric cooktop top with a, with a blower over the top that an exhaust fan but the encasement is wood and twice I've nailed, I mean, you probably can't really see the top of my head, but I've nailed my head on this thing and just taking chunks out of my head over the last three days. <sighs> so you can I, just start walking
1: around with a helmet on.
0: I got to do something about, I got to cut some corners. <laughs> this is what I got to do is that I got to cap the corners. I don't know. Because uh, I,
1: I see people, people trying to save time one way or another. More often than not, I see it end up costing them more. Shortly afterwards.
0: Yeah, I I got something on in the minute. So let's okay. Let's get there in a in a in a second because you're you're right. Um, eye contact. Uh, learn to make eye contact. It helps you exude confidence, and learn how to make eye contact. Uh, but also know when not to make eye contact, whether you're in a sketchy place or there is someone ske- like you don't want to make eye contact with the crazy person in the street. Otherwise, they're making a beeline right to you. So eye contact is important to understand the relevance of the eye contact. Um, learn to talk only about other people. And this and this takes practice. But I'll give you an example and, and give you an example. Somebody's telling you about their trip to Greece. And you say, oh, that's really interesting. Last year, I went to Italy. Conversation is kind of over. And the other person doesn't feel they're not going to like you as much as if you only then talk about them. And obviously, you want to talk about yourself a little bit. But it's, it's a very powerful tool to withhold conversation about yourself, ask more about their trip. And they get to talk more about themselves. And that's something that people really like doing, talking about themselves.
1: Mention yourself only so that you can carry keep the conversation going and provide them with more things that they can talk about.
0: Yeah. And but it's also, you know, if you've been to Greece, you may not, you know, you may just you may want to ask more questions and not just say, Oh yeah, I was there. That's nice, right? (laughs) That's it. It's 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 just kind of like one upping people's conversations. But the idea is learn to ask questions and engage in conversation, but also understand the other person likes talking about themselves, about themselves. So if you can. You can let them talk more about themselves, they're going to feel more enriched after that conversation, even though all they did was talk at you.
1: Yeah. Real quick. Let's just see if the uh, the audience members have any interesting rules that they want to throw out there.
0: Oh, yeah. If you guys want to comment your rules, we are we have Rosh that's watching the comments on Instagram and Facebook. And if you guys want to join the live, there's a link in my Instagram bio. You can check that out and we'll have to admit you. You don't have to be on video. You can join with audio only. Uh, But check my link in my bio if you're watching live and you can share some life rules with us or you can tell us if some of ours suck. All right. I'm going to hit the next one. Um, and that is undersell and then impress, versus overselling and letting people down. And I work in a sales field, and I all the time see people overpromising and then letting people down, versus setting expectations at a reasonable, if not lower level, and then you can impress them on the back end. This works in dating too. <laughs> uh, no, but that's true. That's true, <laughs> and. Uh, my next thing here is um, learn to sell because everything, once you learn to sell, you'll realize that everything in life is a bit of sales, right? You want to present yourself in the best way possible. You want to appeal to others. You know, when you want to, when you want to win an argument, ultimately you have to sell them on your perspective and point of view. So learning to sell is a very critical skill and it's super learnable, but like all skills, it does take practice.
1: Um, it's something like even in refereeing at the higher levels, one thing that we talk about all the time is selling the call, make a call that you can sell. Cause sometimes the absolute book answer call on the field is not something that you're going to be able to sell to anybody on the field. So you have to find the non-book answer call and then sell that instead because it's an easier sell.
0: Yeah, but that's, that's why I think sales are, are super important. Those of you guys on TikTok, thank you for being here. I know I, I ignore, I see the comments coming through on TikTok, um, but uh, it's my bad if I ignore you guys a little bit. I'm sorry about that.
1: What do we got coming through on TikTok?
0: uh i see we we got uh let love rain tyler Colin. uh let's see we got daisies there's a there's a few on there i, I just i i can't see it too well because it's a bit further away from my view but thank you guys for joining on tiktok um and again don't forget you can check that link out in my instagram bio if you want to join you can share call in you can do voice only all right learn to sell be well spoken Uh, because people develop their initial impression of you based on how you sound and the language that you use. And that goes obviously in person, first and foremost, but it also goes in writing. And I think oftentimes less of people who can't write or have people send me these emails with no punctuation or every... this, This I get a lot of, a lot of this are people that send me messages where the first letter of every word is capitalized. Do you see that ever? And I correspond with a lot of people on a a daily basis. And uh, I mean, I
1: send a ton of emails every day, but it's to the same people usually.
0: Like of
1: that, I mean, it might be like 30 people, but that's a pretty small group when you think about
0: it. But I've been emailing people for years, especially in real estate that I've never met in person. And you can bet your ass they have an opinion on me. So what is that based off of? Punctuation, grammar.
1: Especially if they've never met you.
0: Yeah, well, that's my point. So, so obviously spoken is super important. But when it comes to written as well, do not underestimate that and understand that, you know, if it's in person, uh, your tonality, your accent, um, slang, things like that really matter. And that's what... You can't control what other people think of you, you know, well, you can control, there's a point that I'm making, but you can't control the fact that other people develop an opinion of you.
1: Well, when it comes to writing, you've got two advantages. One is time because yeah. you can spend as long as you need to reviewing what you just wrote. And two is spell check
0: is free. Oh yeah, I have this Grammarly uh thing for my email. It comes in hand so often. Uh, and it's tough because now you can just write, and I don't even pay attention to, uh, to spelling a lot of the time. I just just throw it out there, and it oftentimes gets autocorrected. But I never send anything without checking it first. Uh, and that brings us to my next piece of advice is to be aware of how you present. So basically, be aware of what others' first impressions of you are. And you can ask a close friend, for advice, uh, for their opinion, but understand that it's to a large degree in your control. It can be a tough conversation to have. It would be a tough conversation to have, but you, you know, your friends are going to be the most honest with you, especially if you're soliciting their honest advice, it's an important fact in life and you can't control the fact that other people develop an opinion of you. You can control the, opi- the opinion for the most part, you can control the opinion that they develop of you, but that's just how people work. They're, you know, their brains are, are trying to classify you in, inside their head. So
1: it goes into appearance too, where obviously there there's certain aspects of your appearance that you can't control and we're not going to talk about that, but you can show that you try and take care of yourself. You can like, you don't have to spend a lot of money or really any money at all to dress well and and be hygienic and put together.
0: Well, that's, that's the be your best version of yourself. That's be your best self. So figure out what the best version of yourself looks like or behaves like. And you act like that. I was, (laughs) I was at home Depot like six or seven times this weekend um, because even though I have a garage full of tools, every time I need something, I just don't fucking have it. So I have to go back. Um, but I was at home Depot. I hadn't eaten and there was a, a taco truck in the parking lot. So I'm standing in line. I order, I'm waiting, just kind of watching people. And this big guy came, came up and he was waiting for some tacos and uh, he wasn't huge, but he was, a, he was a, he was a hefty dude and he had giant sweatpants on and then he had a polo shirt. That came down, the arms on the polo shirt came down halfway uh, to his forearm. And I'm thinking, like, this guy's got to have like a four or five X polo on. And it, it occurred to me that if you're a big guy, wearing extra big and baggy clothes doesn't hide the fact that you're big. And if you're a skinny person, wearing extra big and baggy clothes doesn't hide the fact that you're skinny. Point being, Wear clothes that fit, and I think nobody would err on the side of wearing clothes that are too too tight. Although I do Some know people that, would. I mean, if you've been to a Walmart, you 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 know that. And um, but you know, you can, and again, I'm talking about quality. We talked about quality, but you can still get pretty cheap clothes. Um, but just you know, focus on buying clothes that fit, and I think that that's an important fact, uh, factor in being your best self um all right i'm on page two here i'm gonna try to get through these pretty quick Wait. um uh, hang on let me just read rosh's comment here it reminds me of a joke two people are talking someone said he speaks french the other person replied oh yeah my niece went to greece last year <laughs> that doesn't even make sense but if you That's listen the to, joke but if you i know and if you listen to other people's conversations that conversation in the second person's head who says yeah, my niece went to Greece last year. They feel fully justified like that's a relevant piece of information. And it is not a relevant piece of information. You, If somebody says um, he speaks French, ask more about their French or how they learn French or have they are they French? Da, 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 da. Don't just talk about yourself. But if you listen to people talk and I'm on the train every day now and I just hear people's conversation and it's like they're having two different conversations. I
1: thought people don't talk on the train.
0: Some people talk, oh, God. They like talking on the phone or talking to each other. They don't talk to strangers, but they they do a lot of talking. All right, I I got a good one, and that is understand the power of your attention. Where you spend it is likely where you'll end up. But pay attention to exactly what you're focusing on. All right, when you have a goal, it's a good idea to write that goal down. And maybe keep what you've written on in your pocket. However, be very careful with what you're laying your attention on. So the goal isn't owning a Porsche 911. You want to focus on the means to owning it. So your goal should be what your next step is. So it should Lock be picking classes, <laughs>
1: filing down VIN numbers.
0: But it should be. well. I mean, if that's the if that's the route you want to take, then that's what you need to be learning. But don't focus on just owning one. Focus on achieving ownership. Right. So if you if you want to do something rather than focus on that thing, focus on how do you get there and put your energy into that. But but just be aware of of the power of your attention and then be aware of what you're directing it at. Is, Is it too broad the goal or are there steps before that goal that you should be paying your attention to? Uh, and then I have another one, and this is kind of goes hand in hand when it comes to setting goals and spending attention. But it is reverse engineer your goals, so figure out what needs to happen in order for those goals to be reached. We're we on the same page on these,
1: yeah. Someone needs to park a 911 unattended. <laughs>
0: Um Yeah, man, I've been looking at at sports cars lately, but uh, I got I got nineteen eighty
1: nine Lotus Lotus Esprit.
0: I'm not a big Lotus fan, man. I'm not not a big Lotus. Nice car, very cool. It, yeah,
1: it's it looks a lot like a Countach.
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised. There's a new Countach. Yet. There's an all electric one, I think.
1: Yeah, it's an incredibly sweet car that they're only making like thirty of.
0: <sighs> well.
1: No, but, you can't afford it.
0: No, I, I'm positive I can't afford it. There's no no question about it. I'm, I bought plastic shutters that don't uh aren't fitted for the so like if you, so the shutters aren't as big as the windows is the point like <laughs> it covers like two thirds of the window so it just it doesn't uh, it doesn't make any sense. Um, it looks like that uh, 1989 Lotus Esprit is the car from Pretty Women, which uh, that was a cool car.
1: You went for about forty thousand right now
0: hmm no maybe i will look into it but i'm not a big lotus fan like you might be
1: after you drive the car
0: i have to drive it first yeah um but it also it like oozes 80s which is which is funny right that's why you would buy it exactly um all right here's another one i got and that is don't and this is also from sitting on the subway don't prune yourself and prune yourself in public i i really don't like that You ever watch somebody like look in the mirror and they're they're in public and they're like fixing themselves? I think that's something that should only happen in private. Obviously, Uh, obviously, some people disagree with me.
1: I I don't know. Like if I see like some chick that like is fixing her makeup, that 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 doesn't even like catch on my radar. I don't care. Like you know, like clipping your nails in public or something—that's a little bit weirder.
0: Fuck that. That's not weirder. That's but
1: like. You're talking about like a chick like fixing her mascara or like applying a little bit of blush or something.
0: Hmm. Does that bother I, you? Yeah, all of it How? does. How I, does it, that bother you? It's uh, it's almost like a weird vanity thing. But but I think as a general rule, there's certain things that you should just do like in the bathroom or in private. And that's uh, you know shouldn't shouldn't happen uh, out in public.
1: So if a chick takes her mascara wand out and like fixes her eyelashes, that bothers you.
0: I it doesn't bother me. Really, but I'm just thinking as a general rule, if you just reserve those things to happen in private,
1: <laughs> Rosh says the problem is putting mascara on while you're driving.
0: Yeah, I, I try not <laughs> to, I try only to do it at uh, at stoplights, actually. Um, I put all my makeup on in private, so um, no, we should say hi to Lisa, too. Hi, Lisa, thank you for joining us. Uh, I see Lisa, Andra- what are your rules for life? I see Andreas is here. Yeah, so guys, we're uh, we are talking about. I see micro bias. Is that uh, in regards to my perspective on this uh, through TikTok? All right, and then I hit wear clothes that fit. Um, and then when it comes to using social media, I think uh, you know I needed a little rule on social media, and my advice was to produce to, to attempt to produce more than you consume so basically you know post and and have a presence more than you just spend consuming it and if you don't want to if you don't want to do that then just don't consume very much because that's not good for you Um, but then also what you're posting needs to be valuable because it's really a drag to your friends when you're just posting like the shittiness of your life nobody's going to want to be your friend
1: or here's what i had for breakfast today at this restaurant
0: Yeah, unless You're not
1: going to be able to explain that one to me either. Like, this is what I'm eating today.
0: Yeah. uh, I don't... I don't get it. It's... uh, I think people... Typically what I see is when people post, like, that stuff, they, like, want other people to believe that, like, that's their life. Does that make sense? Like, oh, yeah, every day... I look
1: at it this way. When I see people taking pictures of their dishes and posting them to social media or whatever. What that tells me is that this person is so self-absorbed that they think that what they eat is interesting to other people.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. N- nobody's really concerned with what you eat. Uh, comment from Mark. Uh, Mark, let me know if I can share why you, you couldn't talk. But Mark, uh, Mark couldn't, t- he said, he, I couldn't talk for almost two years and it's amazing what you pick up just by listening to other people. And he said, I, I mean, really listening. Uh, so, yeah, but that's the thing is like listening is is really important. And most people, when they're in conversation, just want or just are waiting to speak and share whatever their life is. Whether they, whether uh, I think uh, Mark said, sure, I can share. I, I think Mark had throat cancer. But, you know, hence why he couldn't talk for uh, for almost two years. Um, but, yeah, people are you'll, you'll tell somebody that you just got a promotion at work and then they'll tell you what restaurant they ate at for lunch. Because in, in, in some mind that, you know, them taking a break from oh, work, yeah,
1: after I got a promotion, I went to that restaurant.
0: Yeah. Like nobody gives a shit. They, you know, They want to talk about themselves. So. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think listening is, is super important. Um, all right. Let's see. Uh,
1: Can I? Uh, let me throw one in. All right. If you don't have one, develop a sense of humor. Like, be able to roll with the punches, be self deprecating, and find the humor in situations because otherwise it's tough to be around you.
0: Yeah. And that goes along with like not being uptight. You know, like nobody wants to have to watch themselves around you and uh, and having a sense of humor. Definitely. Uh, uh, yes, Lisa, that is what James asked you. He asked you what, what some of your rules for life are. Uh, but yeah, sense of humor is a big one. And it is something that you can develop just like almost any other skill. Let me get through the I got only a few more. Um, so here's an interesting one. And and I was reluctant to put this on the list, but I have seen it play out many a time. Um, and that is don't use your friends or family only as an outlet to share your frustrations with your relationship. So if you're sharing every aspect of your relationship, that's one thing. But if you're just only talking about your, your partner to the, your, the friends or family in your life about the negative things, they're going to develop a very negative opinion of that person. And while You may only be sharing the negative things. There may be some crazy high upsides in that relationship. They are not existing in those. They're only hearing the negative. And and your friends and family or or whoever you're sharing this with are going to end up resenting and and hating your partner.
1: Yeah, let your friends and family hang out with your partner so they can develop the negative
0: opinion on their own. (laughs) Um, All right. And then uh, I'm I'm going to I get two more but uh i'll start with the easy one and that's and i think we talked about this a little in the beginning but that's don't fight every battle oh no so you got to learn when when you shouldn't be fighting a battle and and just back off and uh you know even if you can
1: win every single battle
0: well even if yeah well that's also true and that's uh you know you may yeah because if you if you win every argument you're just going to piss people off so sometimes you just got to step out and just hear them out and not engage in an alternate perspective or point of view and then here's my last one and we still got like 10 minutes left so we'll we'll fill the gap here um but that is learn to dot 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 fill in the blank with simple easy enough tasks so not learn to do heart surgery, but learn to change a tire, learn to change oil. Learn you to know, in people's a defense, team. a
1: lot of modern cars make it really difficult to change your own oil. Yes,
0: I, I get that. I get that. But it's not a complex skill. And Some cars make it so. And learning to do so. Is a good skill to have. Learn, for example, learn how to drive stick, which is also disappearing. Um, learn how to sew. But some of these simple do you know things, how to sew? Yeah, effectively. There's sew buttons on and there's sew some uh uh rip seams or something, but um but these simple things can save you some big, big issues. And my point is just that if it's simple enough there's no reason really not to learn it except for kind of laziness. And you never know when, you know, when you may, especially change a tire, you know, I guess everybody has AAA, but you know, what if you're stuck out and it's cold outside and there's no tow trucks available for two or three hours, you're just going to chill on the side of the highway with, and do absolutely nothing with a spare in your trunk. Seems very silly to me. What what car have you tried to change the oil on recently? That that's too tough.
1: Um, well, the Acura would be difficult because it sits so low. I don't have a jack.
0: I don't have a jack in my pickup truck either, but not because I haven't tried to find different jacks for the truck, but because every jack that I can that I that I find isn't a, and I've looked at like the hydraulic ones that pump. They don't pump high enough. You remember the issue with it when the Jeep Wrangler uh, had that when the wheel fell off.
1: (laughs) All all you do is just stretch out the suspension a little bit.
0: Well, what I did was, uh, yeah, you pump it up. But the suspension basically just keeps the tires on the ground. Um, uh, I ended up having to there was a, a wooden fence post. That had like fallen out, and I used that as like a you know like a a lever to uh, yeah. To lift well, up here's the, the thing:
1: is like for me, if I were to want to change my own oil, let's assume that I have a jack, right? And I can mm-hmm. jack up the car and get underneath and do all of that. The amount of time that I'm going to spend putting, like doing doing all the steps that are required to change the oil in the car, the amount of time that I spend would be about the same amount of time that i would be spending if i were to drive it to a place like jiffy lube or whatever and just have them do it and if i take it to a place to have it done professionally one i get a guarantee on the labor two i don't have to deal with the disposal of the oil or the other parts and it only costs maybe like 20 or 30 percent more than if i were to have bought all the things on my own so like i I go to a shop to have my oil changed because it's much more convenient to do so.
0: But okay. But let's back up because you have, you've kind of commandeered my point and taken it in a slightly different direction. I, for the most part have had the oil changed in my vehicles for the last decade. But what I said was learn how to do so.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, that's important. It's like develop self-sufficiency,
0: develop. Yeah. But but there's a lot of simple skills that don't require a four or six year degree to do. There's something that you can spend, you know, eight minutes on YouTube and then figure out as you go.
1: Yeah. There's a a YouTube tutorial for virtually anything you could possibly imagine.
0: Oh, and it's awesome for the most part. But like trying to fix this clock. That was not a, That was not a good one. I didn't, <laughs> I, I, dude. I opened the back of that clock up. Was trying to pull some screws out. I pulled every screw out. I couldn't get the innards of the clock out, and uh, the clock is in like seven hundred pieces right now across the coffee table, and we got a little dining table in the sunroom. So it's just spread across all these places. Not exactly sure the next steps, but I do know I have the, the wooden housing of the clock that needs to be stripped and uh, still working on that. I think I need a better uh, varnish remover. The varnish remover I have is not as viscous as it needs to be to kind of stay on the, that's the end of my list, by the way, folks, thank you for listening. Uh, Now I'm just going to shoot the shit, but the, but the clock is, uh, we could talk more about that last roll, but the clock is like uh, slanted on the edge. So when I put the varnish remover on it, because it's not very viscous, it just kind of slides off, doesn't stick on. So I may need to get like a spray, <coughs> a, a spray wax applicator. paper.
1: Apply it to wax paper and then stick the wax paper
0: Ooh, to it. Oh yeah, that some not even wax paper, even like paper towel might do it because it will mm-hmm. it would hold that on top. But, Same concept. Yeah, exactly. It'll hold it in place. Um, but yeah, that was the issue that I was I, I was running into lastly. Was trying to get because it's just oh, it's the clock is almost hundred years old. And, uh, and I found it in the dirt. So, um, he said, take it to an antique store with a bit of luck. They will know about old clocks and watches. Yeah. But I don't want to pay somebody, uh, $1,200 to restore this clock. That's you know worth less than 200 bucks. And so, um, plus I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm enjoying, uh, <laughs> oh, uh, I enjoy, I enjoy working on it. So Mark said on Facebook, I have no fucking clue how to change oil that's why i hire somebody else to do it and then his next comment was buy a new clock but also mark has lived in manhattan uh for a long long time so i can tell you from being in the city for a while not as long as mark that one you don't you you don't have a driveway mark's from hell's kitchen so there's nobody with a driveway in hell's kitchen to to be off the main road and change a royal so that was one thing Uh, but it's simple for those of you who don't know this is how you change oil. One, you don't have to jack up the car unless, of course, you can't get under the car. Two, there's two components. There's the oil pan, which has a plug. Very easy. You got to put something underneath of it to catch the oil, but you just take a wrench and remove that bolt. And then the oil comes right out. Also, there's an oil filter. The oil filter, for the most part, you can take off by hand now if you have a small car it may be difficult to get your hand in there but you can just google the model of your car and then oil filter and you'll be able to locate it oil filter size
1: number a 2320 or whatever
0: and then it'll tell you which one you need to buy to replace it i like to replace the oil filter every time i replace the oil that's what some, you should do. Some people don't, but that's generally the accepted knowledge. You, re, you replace that. Now, they make oil filter uh, grips. It's like a wrench for oil filters. I don't know how else to those can be it. handy. But if you if you one, it just has to be hand tightened. So putting it back on isn't usually as difficult as getting it off. But sometimes, you know, if you've driven 5000 miles or 10,000 miles, you haven't changed the oil. It can be, uh, can be stuck on there pretty good. And it might be tough to reach your hand down deep inside and then turn it. What I found is I just jab a screwdriver, a Phillips head screwdriver into it, and then I use that screwdriver and it gives me some extra leverage, a little extra torque to turn the existing one and, uh, and get it off. Then once And then just j- hope
1: you don't puncture a brake line or something.
0: Well, I mean, it, yeah, um, <laughs> but that would be dumb. <laughs> and it might happen i don't know either uh, way,
1: it's happened at least once before
0: <laughs> so either way uh you get that oil filter off you get the plug off the oil will drain out of the car usually you got to make sure you got something under the filter because oil will usually come out of the filter hole and then you put the filter back on you new one you, the new filter back on and especially not the one with the hole in it put the plug back in hand tighten you should Google how much, how many quarts of oil your car takes. Fill your car up with the right oil, the right amount of oil. You put the oil cap back on, you're good to go. Uh, also, not a bad, and we running out of time, not a bad idea to let the car run to get up to temperature before you change the oil. So it's more viscous and drains through uh, a little bit better at temperature. But on that note, we got our wrap up music playing. Anything else you want to add real quick, James, before we? off. No,
1: I had a joke about break fluid, but I'll just debut that on Thursday.
0: Sounds good. Thank you for joining, everybody. See you guys next time on SIP Talk.
1: All right. Cheers, guys.
0: Adios. That concludes this episode of SIP Talk. Thank you for joining us. I thought this was a good one. I'd like some of the advice we gave, although I will admit this is a preliminary list. These ideas were not well thought out. It's just some general discussion we were having about the ideas, let me know if there's any big ones that you think we left out, or if there's any ones that we had that you think are crap. Let me know in the comments. I thank you guys, as always, for joining. If you made it this far, let me know in the comments that you did indeed listen this far. If you're listening to the car, you're listening online, you can't type it right now, come back, throw in the comments. I want to know who made it this far. Thank you, guys, and I'll see you next time.
1: I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.